Good afternoon and welcome to the Raw podcast brought to you by the Sun and Echo. I'm your host for today, James Copley, and I'm joined as ever by Phil Smith and Joe Nicholson. It was another disappointing result for Sunderland on Saturday. A 2-1 loss to MK Dons, that's one win in nine for Sunderland, seventh and out of the playoff spots, and no win yet for new boss Alex Neal. And Philip just had to be Conor Wickham, didn't it? Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it, it would be funny if it wasn't kind of so tragic. But it was, you know, when he was brought on, it was actually the one spell in the game when Sunderland were actually playing really well, looked like a real attacking threat, um, dominating possession, pinning MK Dons back. On, on Wickham came and yeah, within about two touches, he he put MK Dons into the lead. Um, you know, I think it just kind of sums up the way things have gone in recent weeks, doesn't it? You know, I think everyone was probably half joking about him coming back and scoring half trepidation and, and, and so so approved. Um just uh, just another really disappointing afternoon. Like I said, there was that one spell where Sunderland looked threatening, played with real tempo, um, you know, looked like they might carve MK Don's open. But aside from that, it was another really sort of um just laboured performance. You know, it's amazing and there are reasons for it, but amazing that the attacking talent on paper in this squad um, it's producing such a little end result at the moment. I think it was one shot on target, um, you know, one goal against Wimbledon the week before with a free kick. Um, it's just amazing how unproductive this team is at the moment. It's it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch for us. So I can only imagine, you know, how supporters feel, especially given the optimism of kind of two months ago. You mentioned in the build-up to this game, Phil, that you would like to see Alex Neil begin to stamp his sort of style on Sunderland in this squad. You know, you've just mentioned it was a, a pretty poor performance, but are there any green shoots of recovery for Sunderland at the moment? Um, I think it's really hard to say that at the moment because, being brutally honest, I think that, um, you know, the, I didn't think the performance really was any better than what we'd seen a week previous, albeit against a better standard of opposition. Um, and I think some of the issues that we know about at the moment aren't easily solved. You know, everyone can see that probably needs to be some rotation in defence, but the options aren't there to do it. Everybody knows that some of the attacking players are very short on match fitness, but there's no easy answer to that either. So I think it would be... Um, I, I don't think I could sit here and genuinely say I can see you know that many green shoots, other than I suppose what you could say is that spell um, at the start of the second half, you know, Sunderland moved to that kind of 4-2-3-1, um, and I thought it looked much more threatening. It looked much more fluid. Embleton, obviously, brilliant cross, pretty much his first touch. I thought Jack Clark looked a threat. Pritchard, as you would expect, looked much better, moved in field where he could actually get on the ball. Um, so I do think there were signs, little times in the game, where maybe you could see the ways in which someone could improve and get back to that kind of level from earlier in the season. But, you know, right now, it, it, you know, they're, they're where they are on the table for a reason. There's a lot of teams in this division at the moment who are playing an awful lot better than Sunderland are. Um, and I do think it's a big job to turn that around. But hopefully, you know, that much more front foot performance we saw at the start of the second half is something that, you know, we won't go back from now. And and hopefully we'll see a bit more of an aggressive team tomorrow as well in terms of the personnel and the performance. Yes, indeed. Uh, we are live on Facebook and Twitter, so please uh, fire your comments, observations um, or questions to us in the comments section and we will endeavour to answer them. We have one from Bob Whitaker coming up, but first of all, I would like to get Joe's thoughts on Saturday's game. 
yeah, you know, the league table is looking worse and worse with each passing week at the moment. Yeah, it's one win in nine now for Sunderland. Um, haven't won since Lee Johnson was sacked since that 6-0 defeat against Bolton. Yeah, and, and, and looking really worrying that the, the, side look, the side looks unbalanced at both ends of the pitch, as Phil kind of mentioned, just one shot on target. Um, so not creating many chances. And at the back, they, they looked vulnerable with the ball kind of over the top, which, which MK Dons were playing um, in behind that defensive line. Spoke to Bailey right after the game and he was saying how one thing that Alex Neal is trying to implement is to try and get the defensive line to push kind of higher up the pitch. And I suppose the idea is to kind of pin the opposition back um, and kind of control games a bit more. But it had, did leave Sunderland exposed at the back on, on Saturday. And that's how kind of both goals came about, a sloppy pass in midfield. And then uh, MK Dons kind of got in behind the Sunderland defence and, and were able to to punish them. So it'd be interesting to see what he does against Burton on Tuesday, whether he does kind of move to that 4-2-3-1 again, because I think they were more effective with that system, I think it gets the best best out of Alex Pritchard because I think sometimes when he plays on the left, he can not not kind of be involved in the play as much. And he's been Sunderland's best player in recent weeks, even though he has been kind of going through through a struggle. So I think if he kind of came into that number ten position, maybe Clark and Embleton could come out, come into the wide areas, and then but then you sacrifice a man in midfield and maybe lose a bit of protection there. Although it didn't really help Sunderland on Saturday, so a lot to think about for Alex Neal and. They need to turn results around quickly and just regain some confidence, really. Absolutely. Squad composition, Phil, is something that keeps getting talked about by Sunderland fans, referenced by Alex Neal as well in terms of a lot of young players needing a rest, but Sunderland not really having the options within the squad to do that. There seems to me to be two schools of thought that I've observed, certainly from online fans, um, Sunderland fans on social media. One school of thought is squad isn't good enough or fleshed out enough and that the young players need a rest, but they can't get a rest. Uh, the other school of thought seems to be that, you know, these players, they're not playing very often two games a week and they should be able to handle this sort of thing. I guess the answer is somewhere in the middle as usual. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's not just about terms of physical fatigue in terms of minutes. It's about mental fatigue as well and the, and the mental pressures of, of senior football and the kind of roller coaster of League One. I think that's as as big a thing as well. And obviously I think, you know, even to kind of underline that, young players who you'll probably haven't really been through like a spell like this in their career. Um, you know, and who have lost a little bit of confidence and lost a little maybe a little bit of belief in and what they were instinctively doing so well in the early stages of the season. You know, and what I would say is in terms of yes, something I'm playing two games a week anymore, but if you take Dan Neil, for example, Dan Neil um, had been, hadn't played much senior football before the season, but then was virtually ever present all the way through pre-season. Um, I don't think anyone played more minutes in pre-season than Dan Neil, and then played just about every game in the first half of the season as well. So there is, I think, a little bit of a physical catch-up. It's not necessarily just about the minutes they're playing now, but the kind of season as a whole. Um, and there's certainly, I think, a little bit of mental fatigue there as well. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think fatigue is a factor. Um, you know, every team should have the options to be able to freshen things up when someone goes through a little dip, and that's what we're seeing now that Sunderland don't have that in some key positions. Um, you know, not replacing Denver Hume, I think was a big mistake. Ultimately, I understand that in the long term, Niall Huggins is going to be a really really strong option for that position, and he's going to be a big player for the club. But as we've all said, you have to try and get out this division as well, and to not bring someone in even on loan, um, to compete with Dennis Sirk. And I think at the moment it's a big problem because I think 
you know, it's not singling out Dennis Certain. I think there's quite a few players in that boat, but it just shows where some, I think some key errors in the January window now are really having a, a significant effect on the pitch because, you know, yeah, through the front end of the pitch up top, you can look at it and say, well, Neil needs to freshen it up and he can bring this player in, he can do this. Um, but in defence, there's, there's very few options to do that and it's a big problem. Yes, just in the comments section, Kev Charlton says that people should stop criticising the likes of Doyle, Sirkin and Neil. It's their first season in men's football. They were brilliant until Christmas. The majority of young players, it's the senior players I expect more from, the likes of Wright, Winchester, Evans. They're the ones letting us down. Move on to Bob Whittaker. Uh, Joe, this will be this will be one for you. Two observations. Should Defoe start and come off when he's tired? Uh, that would give the crowd a boost. Two, several players in wrong positions. Uh, for example, Winchester. Where do you stand on those two points, Joe? Well, the thing is with, with Defoe, obviously fans would love to see him starting, but Alex Neal's kind of brought it up several times that he doesn't feel that he's, he's match fit. He's obviously in, in good condition, takes very good care of himself but I think he played like nine minutes for for Rangers all season and and people perhaps maybe underestimate that that it's it's not going to be easy for him to come in and start a first team game and um, until he does we're not going to really be sure what condition he's in and and whether he could get through kind of 60 minutes from the start Alex Neal has obviously seen the team play um, or train the whole week and he's made that decision that um, he didn't want to use Defoe on Saturday and he didn't come off the bench. I mean, another player, Phil mentioned Dan Neal. Ross Stewart has played relentlessly throughout the season. I don't think he's had had a rest. And Alex Neal took him off against uh, against Wimbledon because he said he looked a bit jaded. So um, I think, thankfully, I don't think Nathan Broadhead's too far away, maybe a couple of weeks. So I think that would be a big boost to kind of have him back in the frame and he can also maybe go into one of the wide positions. But whether he's going to be kind of the same player that he was in great form kind of around December time, May take a couple of weeks for him to get back up to speed with that uh, with that hamstring injury. Um, and I forgot what the second point was on that question. Um, it was about players in the wrong positions, Winchester, etc. Yeah, again, like Winchester played it right back. Potentially, I could see him moving back into midfield for maybe he's, the Burton game. He's done well at right back. In fairness to Winchester, though, hasn't he? So it's not really a you know a left field thing to play a Carl Winchester at right back, although it's not as his dominant position. Yeah, he did, did play very well there at the start of the season. I thought he was one of Sunderland's best players, but I think he's just another player that's, that is quite low on confidence, which you could say for a lot of the squad. It's not just the younger players. It's kind of the, the point mentioned before. It's not just like Dan Neal's, Dennis Serkins. Some of the senior players seem to be lacking confidence as well. And I think maybe Winchester, yeah, you could move him back into midfield because he did play very well there. I think, um, I think it was before Lee Johnson got sacked. He came in there and had a couple of good games in midfield. And I think, as we said before, Corey Evans... Dan Neal have been struggling the last couple of weeks. So, um, Carl Winchester is, is a useful player to have. He's kind of someone that's, that's versatile, that can play in multiple positions. And I think also Sunderland have missed Luke O'Nine in the last few weeks. Um, someone that could step in in central midfield. He could go in at fullback, two positions where, where Sunderland assures, even at centre-back perhaps. So, um, I think the sooner they kind of get him back as well, the better. Yeah, Chris Richmond in the comments uh, mentions Broadhead. He says, "When we lost Broadhead, we have lost our way. We nearly, re uh, sorry, we really needed a proven striker that is fit." Uh, Phil, just on the back of that point, in terms of Broadhead, Joe mentioned a couple of weeks, um, Lugo Nine and Aidan McGeady. What's the latest situation on those two players? Um, obviously, Alex Neil provided a little bit of an update uh, pre MK Dons, but having those two back and, and fire and fit could be a real boost. Yeah, I think so. I think that, you know, Broadhead would probably be the closest of the three. I think there were some suggestions 
that he should be back pretty much fully fit, um, sort of first second week in March. Obviously, he won't have played for a few months, but that will be a will be a big boost. I think '09 again is getting closer. I do think '09, you know, albeit he'd been out for a long time, will probably make a little bit quite an impact quite quickly because you know his physical condition is outstanding. McGeady not far away as well, but of course McGeady has played very very little football for for quite a long period of time now, sort of off the back of the end of last season because of injury. So he will definitely need some time to get up to speed and to make the impact that we know he's capable of. Um, so it's kind of broadly positive. Um, but having said that, this challenging little run, certainly up to the Charlton game, I think someone will have to be sort of get through without any of those players. Um, and it causes a big, you know, it poses a big challenge. And Alex Neil, as he kind of said to us on Saturday after the game, you know, what do you do? Do you pick experienced players who you feel a lack of match fitness, or do you feel like you pick young players who uh, fit, um, but maybe are a little bit drained and can do with the rest? I think it's a really difficult decision. As I said, I think he's got to go with that slightly more aggressive system that we saw at the start of the second half. Because I think at the moment, it's something the team looks so vulnerable defensively. I think you've kind of got to go back where your strongest players are at the moment. That's sort of off the straight run in the wide areas. So I think you've got to try and get as many players kind of on the pitch in those positions as you can because I think that's someone's best chance of winning the game at the moment. And I think we did see that when Ambleton and Clark came on. It's a tricky one because I think that you know, it, we're kind of in this um, this cycle now where Defoe and Roberts aren't match fit, but they're not playing any football either. So I don't know how they're supposed to get match fit. You know, um, they haven't played any under 23s football. They're not going to get match fit from 10 minutes of being an unused substitute. So at some point, if these players are going to be big players towards the playoff campaign, hopefully, um, at some point you're going to have to you're going to have to get them in the team. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, they're never going to catch up with that match sharpness. So. Yeah, there's no easy answers. Um, but I'm hoping we see a, a more attacking sort of shape and a more attacking team tomorrow. Because ultimately, while you can understand why they've tried to kind of shore things up a little bit and get some extra protection for the defence, hasn't really made much of an impact. And actually, suddenly they've got worse going the other way as well. So, yeah, it's I don't I don't envy picking that team. But I think maybe we need to try and back the, the areas of the pitch where Sunderland are relatively well stacked. Indeed. Uh, Joe, Phil mentions Burton tomorrow in League One at the Stadium of Light. They are 12th in the table at the moment under Jimmy Floyd. Hasselbank, one win in the last five, so their form's quite patchy as well. So uh, we know how this one's going to go then, don't we? We're a bit of a bogey team, aren't they, Burton, for some than they have been uh, the last few seasons. I don't think we've beaten Burton in our entire history, which is... Chris Chris Coleman's second game beat Burton. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, away from home, he give it the yeah. Give it the, the we haven't beaten so them in League One, though, have we? No, no, I think it's so it'll be it'll work out something like one win in six, one win in seven against Bert. Yeah, oh, so that needs to uh, the tide needs to turn on that one, Joe. Yeah, it was, it was one nil, wasn't it? At the Pirelli Stadium, that was I think it was the third league game of the season. And, and Sunderland, to be fair, actually dominated the game. Um, don't know how they didn't score, and then Burton managed to score at around the 60 minute mark. It was a great strike from that. I think it was Johnny Smith, their winger. Uh, who scored the goal? So that was a frustrating evening, and yes, yeah, just as it's hard to see where the next win's kind of coming from with Sunderland at the minute. If they continue the form that they have been on at the, at the minute, um, Burton, as you say, what one win in five? They lost three 0 against Ipswich at the weekend and conceded in the first minute. But it just seems at the minute Sunderland kind of give these teams that are struggling a foothold in the game and allow them to kind of come in and settle um, and make the game a contest. So. 
they're going to need to start a lot better than they have done in the last few weeks. If they can, if they can get an early goal, you think they could could get a bit of momentum because we've seen earlier in the season these are players that can perform very well at this level, but they're just lacking confidence at the minute, um, and they just need a foot up at the minute. When it got to that kind of closing stage in in the MK Dons game, and the game was was one one, you kind of had the, there was kind of a everyone was kind of a bit on edge, knowing that the the form wasn't there, the players weren't confident, and then eventually MK Dons hit them on the counter-attack and scored the winning goal. So it's going to be important for Sunderland, obviously, to get a good start and um, just need to, just need that kind of lift, that kind of something to kind of kickstart the campaign and and kind of revive this push for the playoffs it is now, really. Absolutely. We'll quickly whiz through the last couple of minutes because time is ticking. Frank Clark on Facebook says, play players in their positions. Stuart Curtis say, says, Defoe must start. Phil, this feels like... Another important game, I say this <clears throat> pretty much every game Sunderland play in League One and eventually they're going to have to start producing in these important games, otherwise the season's going to be completely done. But, you know, Alex Neil really needs that first win. Um, Sunderland's, you know, league table needs that first win because they've gone, they've dipped right under the, um, the points per game ratio, haven't they, at the moment? Yeah, that 1.66 for the, for the season at the moment, which is nowhere near good enough. And it is a huge game. Sometimes we can get sucked into saying every game is a huge game. And, but this one is really important because if Sunderland don't get a win, they are going to be behind the, the the playoff pace. And then you've got away games at Wigan and Charlton, which is going to be really difficult. So it's a hugely important game. One, for that pure, you know, they need the three points on the board and they need to strengthen their position in the table. But two, I think, I think they just need show support or something. I think that probably, you know, it's not exactly scientific, but from... You know, the conversations I've had and, and, and the mood around Wearside, I think it's, well, it, right now it's definitely the flattest it's been all season. And it's probably the flattest I can remember it since maybe around kind of Christmas in the early sort of weeks and months of Phil Parkinson's tenure. Um, and I think that's really dangerous. You know, that apathy is the most dangerous emotion in football. And, and I feel like there's a lot of apathy, understandably, creeping in on Wearside because of what they're seeing on the pitch and, and also some of the things that we discussed last week in terms of off the pitch. So I just think it's really important that some of them find a way to get get on the front foot and just 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 give people a lift, give them something to sort of get behind and something to almost believe in, if you like. Because at, at the moment, if we're being brutally honest, what we've seen in recent performances, there's been very little of that. So as I say, I'm, I'm hoping it's a really positive selection um, and a really positive front foot performance because there hasn't been anywhere, anywhere near enough of that of late. Indeed, Chris Richmond makes the point, you know, when a new manager comes in, majority of clubs get a boost. Unfortunately, not Sunderland drives me crazy. That sort of sums up where we are at the moment, unfortunately. We're going to round things off there. Thank you for joining me, Phil and Joe. Uh, you can subscribe to the Sunderland Echo for all of the build-up to the Burton game, um, live coverage and everything that happens post-match. So that include analysis and player ratings, all of that good stuff. Um, I've been James Copley and once again thank you for listening to the Raw Podcast.